With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Up on our speaker. So most of you coming in here don't have the link. You want to go to Spreaker.com. Now, I say again, it's not going to be Speaker. It's Spreak, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Once you go to Spreaker.com, go to that search bar in there, and you put in uh, Midnight Cry. And you're going to see it saying live. It's going to be quite a few programs in there, but choose the one that's saying live. That'll get you guys right in here, and we can get going. It's right about 1230, so we want to make sure we get you guys uh, a good word for you can go ahead and lay out and sleep the night and look forward onto tomorrow. Amen. Father God, you know, we always pray, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Because you are our Father who art in heaven. How that be thy name, thy kingdom come. Lord, let us be in your will, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into any temptation, but deliver us from all matters of evil. For ours the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Lord, guide this word through the mouth of this priest as he go forth tonight speaking to your people. Let it be a illuminated word that come forth, Father God, that will not go void, but it will accomplish everything that he speaks and everything you declare to be the conduit you want me to be at this evening and this time. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray, Lord, amen. Now, usually when you come into my shows late, as I say again, you know, this is a midnight cry. Midnight cry takes place every Tuesday and every Friday. We've got to turn back around to our morning, which is our 11 o'clock um, uh, uh, Psalms report, and which we're constantly moving. We're constantly moving. Sometimes it'll be a pre-recorded broadcast. It depends on the things that's going on uh, during my regiment when I get up that morning, and I'll make sure I get everything lined up <clears throat> to where it should be. So let's go ahead and get ourselves in position. We're going to let the music move kind of slow in the background. Let it just fade itself on out. And let's look at something here, beginning at the book of Acts chapter 4. I want you to get Acts chapter 4 in place. And we're going to look at a few other things, dealing with Acts chapter 4, just dealing with the Word of God. Let's go ahead and take the Bible, take our Bibles, and let's go over to the book of, uh, let's look at the book of Isaiah. Let's go to the book of Isaiah for a second. Just sprint over to the book of Isaiah. If we go over to the book of Isaiah, let's go over to Isaiah 55. We're going to just make a little argument with this, but we're going to make sure the argument is going to be complete. It's going to have an understanding how the power of God word move. The physical is okay, but you got to understand the word moves by the spirit. And the word of God says to him that believes. So wherever I send a word, wherever you speak a word, whether they in Africa, India, Cambodia, anywhere. You get them on one accord to agree with you, it's, it's a done deal. Because the word of God says it moves in the spirit. And if they can connect with you, with the power in which you're speaking to them about whatever may be going on, finances, healing, a welfare ministry, whatever it may be, you know, you got to agree one-on-one. 
and you got to come to a full term that we know that God said it's nothing too hard for me to do. So with man, all things seem to fall apart, but with God, all things are possible because you don't have to be in the position where they are. You can be just as the word of God said when he told the centurion soldier or the centurion told, told Jesus. You know, my man, that's our word that they come under your roof. But I'm a man to tell men to go here. I'm a leader also. I tell men to go there. They do this. They do that. But if you can just send the word, we tell you so many different scriptures in the, in the, in the word of God. When we see God had never had to lay his hand on anybody. But through the faith and belief, he was able to send the word long range to touch the heart of whoever it may have been that needed that healing. So we understand that when the centurion soldier rolled back to his particular regiment, we saw his uh, servants came along and said, your servant has been healed. And he asked about what time was that. And uh, he gave him a word and he remembered that Jesus said, okay, your servant be healed. When they come together and they agreed on the fact that he be a leader and Jesus will be the leader, but he's understanding that it's him being the leader. Jesus is in the prophetic office and he's got the ability to do something a little bit more than he is able to do. He's able to send the word through the spirit, through the airborne. And the believer uh, constantly probably prayed about Jesus Christ and said, only if you can see his servant. It's kind of like the same thing that happened with Naaman. You see the story about Naaman. And you see Naaman goes into battle. After he comes out of battle, he brings a young girl back with him, which is one of the, you know, probably a tribe of Elijah. And the young girl's helping her mother in the kitchen. And she knows her, um, her husband is a mighty man of God, but he's a leper. And she peeps the word to her mother. It's amazing how God set things up. But she talks to her mother, and her mother begins to get the word back to Naaman. Naaman tells the king. Of course, the altercation comes between the fact it's like everything else. When God's getting ready to bless you, it's going to be some kind of altercation where the enemy's trying to throw and divert your plan. But you got to stay on course. And you got to believe that that Ahab that came at you first is not going to be what God called it to be. You got to stay in that fight to get the fight and believe that the original word came forth. And then when you get the word, unlike Naaman, he was a little stubborn about the process of going and receiving the word. He talked about the different rivers this, that, and the other. He made a lot of excuses. But the word, when the word, of, when a true prophet speaks to you, and they tell you something's going to come to fruition. Man, woman, God, you got to understand, if it's a true prophetic word, it doesn't carry true prophecy, doesn't carry expiration date. If a man has prophesied, a woman has prophesied, a true prophet of God has prophesied some things in your life that's going to come to fruition, it's, now it's not going to fail. It's going to be up to you to be able to live up to the expectation, knowing that according to Isaiah 55.11, we go with Isaiah 55.11, and we speak at the process of normality word. And let's go over the book of Isaiah. We're going to kind of roll in there right quick and just see what the word of God is speaking right here in the book of Isaiah. And this is really it's an exciting word. You talk about the process when you nail this all together. And then you see the formation of how Isaiah put this together in the book of Isaiah 55. And yeah, you go over the book of Isaiah 55, that particularly 11th verse. Um, let's look at the 11th verse. Let's look at this really closely in Isaiah 55, 11. And that particular 11 verse, I want to mark this because we have to come back to it later on because we're going to believe that when God proceeds to do a word in your mouth, even in the book of Genesis, we go to the book of Genesis, we see the same thing when Jesus began to speak things into fruition. In the process of speaking things into fruition, he never went back and erased his word. It's the same thing. You look at the process of the power of the nine gifts of the spirit. You know, whether they had five, whether they had two, they had one, your gift is never to be dilapidated. Anytime God gives you anything, it's just as much as the one that had five gifts. Now, when you look at 1 Corinthians, it said the word of God, it's a manifesting word. The more you dig into it, the more you water it, 
The more you put time with it, the more you're going to increase in your study. The more your ministry, whatever you're doing, is going to come to full term. It's going to continue to grow. But if you neglect it, like anything else, it's not going to neglect you, but it wants you to continue to know that it's there for you to enhance it and make it a little stronger than what it is. In the book of Isaiah 55, 11, speak about the, pretty, uh, the area over in the book of Acts, it makes a whole lot of sense when you think about this. When the word of God says over in Isaiah 55 and 11, he says, show shall the word that go forth out of my mouth. Look what he says. Go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish where I, wherewith I please, and it shall prosper unto whereto I send it. Now, let's look at this in a different area. Let's think about this particular word because we want to kind of spread it off a little bit. We want to get a real good understanding about how God's word is based on the fact of what it can do on the believer. It's solely based on you. God wants to save you, but you got to do your work. James said, faith without works is dead. Show me man that has faith with no works, and he says, I show you man faith is dead. So you got to do your part. You got to at least meet God halfway. He's doing more than what he can do by keeping you in the position where he is when you was in the outside, seeing and doing things according to the book of Ephesians. At least he did bring you in and said he, he you know, he, 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 he pulled you out of sin. And look what, through his grace and mercy, he saved you. Well, with you were saved when using your trespasses and sins in past times. So we really got to do our part as far as approaching him. At least make, a, make an effort if you want to get the blessings of the Lord. If you want your Proverbs 10 to 22. You know, you want the blessings of the Lord, start meeting him at least halfway, if not all the way. And I guess the more you pour into it, it's like a conduit. The bigger the conduit, the more the water flow. The smaller the conduit, the smaller the flow. And that's just the way it is. The more you increase in prayer, the more you increase in faith, the more you increase in belief, the more you increase in any area of the gifts of the nine, uh, gifts of the fivefold, whatever it may be, whether you be apostle, whether you be apostle, whether you be a prophet, whether you be evangelist, whether you be a pastor, teacher, it doesn't matter. Your job is to continue, as he said in John chapter 15, to produce fruit. Now, if you can't produce fruit, you know what he said about John 15. You just bundled up and throw it into the fire. You know use. And that's anything in the common uh, process when you look at just walking in the common uh, or earthly realm about jobs and positions and titles and whatever it is in your job. You can't go to job and halfway do a job and you'll fall on the rough man. Whatever may be lazy, not able to produce. You know, they write a bad report on you. So you want to get a good report. But he comes over and he says this over here. And I want to make sure we get this over here. In the Amplified Edition... We're going to look at this word of God in the book of Isaiah. And it's going to be some words because it's going to bring some really confirmation in how God works with you in terms of how he speaks this word. And he says over here in the book of Isaiah 55, 11. Now we're going to bring this over to you. Um, we're going to bring this out of your AMPC, the common English. And I mean, I like the message. I like the ASV. I like a lot of great Bibles. But I like to sort out things. I like to see the different uh, uh, narratives and scenarios and directions the way God says things in terms of he really meant what he said. He gives you a different idea how you can approach the word when you're actually going to the word and looking at it. So you want to look at all aspects of the word. If you got accordions, look at the concordance. If you got like great study tools that I have, look through your study tools. It don't take for you to be able to do a whole lot, but you got to really rely on the Holy Spirit during the course of time that you're studying the word of God. Now over in the book of um, Isaiah 55, 11, in this particular area of the uh, of Isaiah 55 in the AMPC uh, version. He says, So shall my words be that go forth out of my mouth. Now, that's a that's a faulty word. 
That's what God speaks. You know, every, you look at the book of Genesis. Everything he spoke came into fruition. He didn't need any help from anybody. He spoke it and it came into fruition. And it was done. And he said it was good. Then he moved on and did the next thing. You never see him going back to, oh, I messed up. I messed up. He spoke precise perfection in everything he designed here on earth. And he spoke precise perfection in you when you were born here on earth. So you really designed with a powerhouse in you to be able to walk according to the word of God and do the will at any moment and any time in your life. That's if you walk upright. Now he says over here in the book of uh, the AMPC, Isaiah 55, 11, he says, so shall the words be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Now look what he said, without producing an effective useless. Look here, without producing any effect useless. Let's look at that again. So shall the words go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect of uselessness. In other words, what I sent out a word is guaranteed to do something. Let's go on through this particular word. But it shall accomplish that which I please and it's the purpose in which I prosper and the things for which I have sent it. Now, the word of God is an individual word. It's not so much of you yourself. It's a word. You got to follow the word, whatever the word tells you. When somebody calls you, hey, Charles, that's a word. You go to that direction. When God sends you in the direction to do something, he tells you this is what he wants you to do. He's got a plan that's going to place because he said every word that proceeded out of his mouth goes forth. If he tell you, to, that's if you're praying properly. You're actually nourishing yourself like you should. You're doing a self-examination of yourself. You're looking over yourself to the point that you really want to look at yourself and you want to examine yourself. You want to go into your secret place. We talked about it in Matthew chapter 6. And you really want to take a thorough examination of yourself because can't nobody fix you but you. And can't nobody stop you but you. The word of God says a farting word. He says that word goes forth. In that same particular Isaiah 55, 11, when you have to go there, you go to Isaiah 54, and you go back over to Isaiah 54, he talks about the blacksmith over there in the area of Isaiah 54 and 16. He talks about who actually forms the instrument of destruction. And he comes back in Isaiah 54 and 17, and he tells you there's no weapon formed against you. Now, he's telling you that you're in control of every negative thing or thought that comes at you. You're in control. You, you, you can tame it. With the mouth that you have. That's Romans 4 and 17. Call things in position to be not of the word. doesn't matter how it look. Trust in God in the midst of whatever you're going through, through your calamity. And then lean not to your own understanding. Because you know, in the beginning of your mind, you're thinking all kinds of ways. Maybe this has happened. Maybe God said, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You're getting all huffed and puffed up for the wrong reason. I didn't say anything like that. I told you to have faith. Believe and understand that if you don't see it, I'm a God that can produce it. But it's produced by your faith. Things come to fruition based on your faith. If you see something you really want and God knows that you've been walking right with him, you can claim anything you want. And you can believe and declare and decree. I can see it in the spirit. But God said, what type of exercise or what type of obedience you're going to do toward me to bring that to fruition? The word of God said, he will bless you. The word of God decrees that in the book of Proverbs, uh, I think it's Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessings of the Lord, it make it rich, and it add no toil. And if I walk upright, that goes back to Psalms 1. Blessed is the man walking out in the counsel of the ungodly, no steady the way of the sinner, no sitting in the seat of the scornful, but his delight should be in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And he should be like a tree, what planted? Planted in the word of God, Joshua 1 and 8. 
You're constantly planted. You're receiving that what you need to go forth in the season in which you're in. Every word God speaks to you in your life is a forwarding word. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you ain't got the ability to do this, that, and the other. You trust in God and lean out to your own understanding. But you acknowledge God in all his way. If they feel like that argument, put the word on and show what the word says. Now, he says it clearly right here, according to Isaiah 55, 11. In that particular 11th verse in the book of uh, the AMPC version, he says, show shall my words be. And that's a power. He says, it's going to be what it's going to be. If I have spoken, it, then it's going to be. That goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Look at without producing any effect, useless. In other words, when I speak a word, it's going to, it's, something's going to happen. But you got to be the believer to know it on the other end that you got to have faith in knowing that it's going to happen. Amen. I'm going to go over to this area in the book of, of Matthew. Gonna look at something in the book of Matthew for a second. Now we're gonna go to the book of Acts. And then we talk about the word of God, the power of God's word, um, the deliverance of God's word, excuse me. The deliverance of God's word, uh, the structure of God's word. It really brings a lot of things to full fruition, a full term when you think about this particular area of scripture, because it talks really uh seriously. When you look at the book of uh you look over here in the book of um, Acts, you go to the book of Acts. Go to the book of Acts chapter 4, and this is going to be in the King James Version. We're going to look at this in the, in the book of the King James Version. He said, now he spoke to the people and the priests and the captain of the temples and the Sadducees that came upon them. Now, let's understand what the fact was going on right here. Now, the reason a lot of people, a lot of things come at you because most people feel they got authority over you. But if you don't present the type of authority or the common intellect, that you have when you walk into a situation, nobody's going to hear you. This is why you got to be careful how you open your mouth and the way you open your mouth in a desperate situation. You got to believe that God's going to fight your battles. And the word of God said, He'll give you a word you need to say at the time you need to say it. You just pray, Unyoke, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And God will give you the kind of words you need to say when you need to say it. Listen to what it says right here. It says over in this particular area of the screen, He says, He said, And He spoke to the people of the temple and the priests and the captain. The other temple, the Sanctuaries, came upon them. Now, this is a violent act in terms of what the Sanctuaries, and I'm going to read something down here. It's going to kind of bring you to understand why they came upon them and the way they came upon them. Let's go ahead and read a little farther. We're going to look at this a little bit. It says over here in, the, uh, uh, in this particular second verse, being grieved that they taught the people. Look what he did. On. They preached through, not up, they preached through, through Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the dead, like we always supposed to do. You know, it's in Jesus' name. It's not in my name. It's not in anybody else's name. It's in Jesus' name. Or God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It ain't It ain't something you made out of your own imagination or thoughts to bring the word uh, you, uh, or disinfect the word or infect the word and bring it down. You got to see it just the way he says. And what did God say? In the hands, they put hands on In the third verse, he said they laid hands on them. And look what he says. They put them in holding. Or they put them in hold until the next day, until evening time. Now, this is where the word of God comes to full fruition. This is the power. When you look at this particular scripture, you got to you got to really catch this right here. He said, "How about it? Many of them who heard the word. Now, the word of God says, faith coming by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. When you register the right thing, your ear. It doesn't matter what they're going to do to you. Because what you've done already, you already gave the word. The word has already went forth." 
And once the word go forth, it's already off of your tongue and out in an atmosphere doing the work it's supposed to do. No matter what they do to you physical. You know, you hear old saying say, you know, you, you can kill the body, but you can't kill the word. You can't kill the soul. Or that same thing. You can't you can kill the body, but you can't kill the word. Once something has already been spoken in full term to full effect, it ain't a demon in there hell can stop it. What you gotta do is feed it through prayer. And when you feed it through prayer, you got to believe and declare that what you said is going to follow on common good ground. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, it says in Isaiah 55, 11, does go forth. So God's looking at you now. He gave you the ability, according to the word in Jeremiah 1, 5, you, you've been created, you've been designed, you've been engineered to be a prophet before the nation, to be prophet, not to prophesy, to be a part of the nation. You don't want to be some kind of arm. You got another arm growing out. You want to be in the body. You, you want to be that part of the body. You want to be on the team. And you want to help your brothers and sisters. That the command Jesus left over in the book of John, chapter uh, 13, and that 34th verse. He said, a new commandment I leave unto you, that you love them as I love you. So it's a love thing when you see the enemy coming at you. In this particular scripture, you go back over here, in this particular fourth verse, he said, how be it many of them heard the word. Now, this is what this is what the scripture comes into fruition at. Many of them heard the word, believe. And the number of men, now, not just talking about the, the women and children. Now, the word God said, it's, it's the men. It came about 5,000. That wasn't even counting the women and children. It had to be about both ten or 12,000 people up in there, counting the women and children all together. And the word of God said, they heard the word. And the Bible says when they heard the word, the church came to be about 5,000. As I say again, we're not counting the women and children. We're just giving an offer to a point that what the word of God is saying, I want to go outside of it. But let's look at that particular area of the fourth verse in this, some of our breakdowns here. And we look at the first part of this particular scripture on the break this all the way through and get a good understanding about this. It said the Sanctuary is greatly, uh, greatly described in this particular text. Uh, for two reasons. In other words, they was greatly disturbed because of two reasons. The Sadducees pretty much owned the particular area of the, 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 or they rejected all the Old Testament and they didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and Peter in the process of going to his death. You know, they, they, they actually put him to death. So the Word of God said they reduced the Word of God of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and they belief and teaching second to the Sadducees well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't effective. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the word. So they had their henchmen when they came into town and they come in there. And the word of God speaks right here. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this particular uh, scripture in fruition right. The word of God says in the fourth verse. When you look at the first verse, He said they spoke unto the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, and the Sanchezes came upon them. Now these are government people in that particular city who pretty much ran the Sanhedrin council and they didn't believe in the death, burial, and resurrection anyway. So here you are, got the men and women of God coming in here or just the two men of God, Peter James coming in and they speak in the word of God. And these people getting upset, highly upset because it's taken away from their effectiveness and what they taught them under their religious rules and regulations. So now it comes in with the anointed word, breaks the ice of that, and people begin to hear swiftly and quickly about how the power of God's word had been moving throughout the centuries in the areas, in that particular area in town. Now you got to understand this right here. There's a lot of people who want to hear God's word, but they're so protective about what they want to get rid of 
in terms of how it affects their life. And what did, in the book of James talk about confessing your sins. I think it's James chapter 5 said, confess your sins to one another. So he wants you to be free. And when you come free, he wants you to understand that you can go to your secret place, not just talk to a friend or a colleague, but you can talk to God yourself. Don't loose me. Give me the strength that I need. I'm struggling with this, that, and the other. Whatever it may be you're struggling with. Ask God to help you in the midst of your trials. Because what you want to do, you want to have the ability to bring effective word. And when they bring effective word, they came into the demon, into the devil's den. They came into the Sanhedrin in the Sanhedrin's camp. And the Bible said they spoke the word, and they spoke in the captain of the temple, the Sanhedrin came upon them. And the Bible said, being grieved, they taught the people, look, preaching through Jesus Christ the resurrection. And the Bible declared in the third verse, and they laid hands on them. They whooped them. They whooped them. And the word of God said, and they put them in holding until the next day. For it was evening tide. Now, this is when the story gets a little more interesting. I'm going to go here a little bit more. It goes a little bit more down here in the fifth verse. He said, it came to pass on the morrow, this is after the evening time, on the morrow, that the rulers and the elders and the scribes, Ananias, knows who, who's, who's caught up in this, Ananias the high priest, Cephas, John, Alexander, and many of those other kindred of the high priest were gathered together. Now, they are bamboozled, they are puzzled about how could this thing be. They saw one of the most notable miracles in the Bible. They, they didn't believe. They, see, they, they didn't have this kind of stuff going on. And they group the movement of the Holy Spirit, the healing, the convictions, the things. The, all, they didn't have this going on. So when these men and God came in through the Holy Spirit, they brought a revelation into the camp. And the people saw something new and exciting, heard something new and exciting. That even when they put them in prison, the word still took effect. They put, they put them in. See, when, they, when, when you look at this particular word, you think about it. You look at it real good. You think about, they wanted to ask them a question. See, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit when they asked him the question in the 8th verse. But what I'm saying is, in the earlier part of the scripture, they, the enemy tries to hold you back. Whenever you're doing good work, always expect the devil to show up. Ain't nothing like a good fight, especially when you know how to fight. Don't come over here, because I got a one-hitter quitter waiting on you. And that's through the word of God that you pray and declare and decree that there should be no weapon formed against you. As we told you in Isaiah 55, 11. There should be no weapon formed against you to prosper. Nothing should be able to stand. That every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, just as he was God, made you in his own image, you got the ability to speak it also. But you got to walk right. If you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and graft it with the skills to walk through and shut the devil, shut the devil down at any moment. And that's what you see right here. The Bible declared the creed in the seventh verse, and they laid hands on them, and they put them in the midst, and they asked, by what power? See, they knew something was going on. In this particular seventh verse, he said, and they, put, and they set them in the midst, and they asked the question, by what power? By what name have you done this? They're, they're puzzled. And the word of God declared in the creed, or oh, in the eighth verse, and Peter being filled with the Holy Ghost. A lot of people are talking about the Holy Ghost. They can't understand what's in the Bible. The whole, it's in the Bible. Some people say they have the problem with this Holy Ghost thing. Well, it is right there. So you're going to change the Bible with your educational understanding the condition? Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. You know what we're talking about. You don't need to try to educate on the Holy Ghost. They know what you're talking about. You don't need to try to bring an argument about that. It says the Holy Ghost said unto them, rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if this day we examine 
if, if this day we be examined of a good deed done to the impotent man, look at that, impotent man, by what means he is made whole, a miracle took place. Let's look at this right here. Look at this little close right here. Let's put the ninth verse. I'm going to look at something here close to myself in the ninth verse. This particular ninth verse said, The result of the sentence he's taken the man into custody brought a result of 5,000 people of believing the gospel in, this, in that particular message. They were gathered together in the Sanhedrin's, along with the, the, the council of 70 men and high priests, was with the high priest of the Jews' court. The group consistently asked the question, by what way has this done it? But they wanted to understand from an educational a, a, a educational motive point of view, excuse me there, a point of view. But the power of the Jewish man, Ananias, and the high priest, and Ananias removed the high priest, which is, you know, times 17 AD, or I think it was around AD, and four AD 14, by the Romans in the time that Christ was the high priest. They were opened by the Roman government. Apparently, Ananias had been coming to, to, uh, to this particular area, Pilate, and threatened the Roman uh, emperor about if there had been an uproar, he would have his head. Now, they talk about that also. He told Pilate about the process when they were doing Pilate with the death of Jesus Christ when he was living as the high priest, when he was the priest. And they said, you have one more up while these people, we're going to have your head. So when they got on, we know that the process of Pilate washing his hands, his wife gave him the, the, the vision about what happened with Jesus Christ. And Pilate said, I'm done with this. Especially when Jesus put that word in his ears. He said, don't you know I have the power to crucify you? But Jesus said, you ain't got no power with me. <laughs> he looked at him like you were crazy. He said, I wash your hands. He said, you, you crucify him. You crucify him. So sometimes, being a little guy, you come across the wrong person, you put your hands on the wrong one. This is why the word of God says about the new design covenant that he left. Moses had the covenant to deal with the same thing, but you look at the covenant of the Old Testament and the love covenant of the New Testament, it's no difference. Moses said, love your neighbor. Jesus said, just love them as I have loved you. Love is love. You just got to love. Galatians says that the law of the kingdom is all based on one word. That's L-O-V-E. Your blessings, your anointing, and what you do. Whatever you have in your Proverbs 10 to 20 is based on the love. And how you walk upright. That's if I walk upright. Psalm 84, 11. There's nothing God hold for me. But in this particular ninth verse, he said, for if this day we examine, if this day we be examined of a good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole. Now, they got an argument going on right here. Why are you so upset about the man being made whole? See, Sometimes, man, the woman got, you'll find people who want to get the accolades for something. And this is sometimes a problem with a lot of men. They want to make sure they the ones going to get the credit for the healing because of what they prayer done. And it goes kind of back to 1 Corinthians. And, and uh, when Jesus had to get on Paulus, uh, Apollo and Paul about seeking validation for their self-will. And he told them, well, who is Paul? And who are you, Apollo, that y'all can give anything? One plant, one water, I'll give an increase. And that's what we need to do. You need to stay in your lane. Whatever gifting God has given you, according to Jeremiah 1 5, whatever your anointing is, whatever it is that God call you, don't be in competition with anybody. You do your work. You set the mark and you do your work and don't get flags on your side. You just stay in your lane and you stay straight and you stay and do your assignment. Finish your assignment. He comes over here and he talks about this word over here in the 11th verse. 
He said, then this stone, which was set, look here, and now, and you builders, which become the head of the corner. Notice how he said this. This stone, this is the stone. Now, he, when you get to the 10th verse, let's, let's get the 10th verse out of the way, because I want you to understand the 10th before we get to this area of the uh, particular 11th verse. He said, but it's known unto you, all the people of Israel, by this name, Jesus, he said, by this name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know, they say no good things come out of Nazareth. They say, but they see some powerful stuff right here. They said, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. He said, you crucified him. Y'all crucified him. Y'all the one done it in. He said, by you crucified him, whom you raised from the dead, even by him, he do it. This man stands before you whole. Well, what are you arguing about? What are you mad about? Because it wasn't you that done it. Because in the fall in your table give you a lot of credit at what you need. Oh, look what I done. It's something about people who want to be praiseworthy. But they don't know how to get a praise to the one who deserves the praise. You want them to give you praises. But he can't give you praises. He appreciates what you've done, but all honor goes to God. Remember, you're just a workman. You're just a conduit. And God rewards you according to your work that you do here on earth. He goes into particular 11 verse. He said, this is a stone which is set and not of the builder who is the become the head of the corner. Hold on a second here. This particular, level, this particular 12 verse. Neither the salvation of any other, for there is none other name under which is given among men, whereby you must be saved. That pretty much captured it off right there. I can stop right there. Because when you're looking at salvation, and you talk about salvation, you talk about moving, you're going to have to really examine yourself and see if, if this is the right thing you want to do. Don't let nobody force you in to something that you're not familiar with. Because you just be spinning your wheels. You want to really get a real good understanding, follow a teacher, and somebody's going to really teach you. Not for popularity, not for status, not for fun, not for games. Now, I, I kick it. I have laughing every time. I like to keep people happy. But when it comes down to you having seriousness about this forward, this fight that's going on, and it's a serious fight that's going on, a lot of people are getting snatched out of here every day, especially with this COVID. And you don't really want to get the enemy credit on the COVID because God is more superior. And God said he's a conqueror. And when he said that he's a conqueror, that means he's already conquered it. But you're going to have to believe it. A conqueror don't waste time on thinking whether he defeated or not. He goes in with a man already won the battle. The battle's already won. So he's going into the battle with an already winning attitude. And that's what God wants you to look at things in your life. Because you already, every design, every problem in your life has already been conquered by Jesus Christ. You're going to have to believe that. Despite of whatever looks in the physical, you got to look into the spirit. The word of God says, look to the heels. And with my help, all of my help come from the Lord. Jesus declared the creator over there for that Psalm 27. The Lord is a light of my life. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? So when the enemy comes at you, you got to believe me. You got to raise up your voice, which is the standard. And understand that you're a child of God. That you can't come over this way. And that you can't touch this. And you got to go on your knees. You got to get your Matthew chapter 6 and that ninth verse. And you got to say it over and over again. Our Father who art in heaven, how they be thy name, let thy kingdom come. This is how he's saying this. 
let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into no temptation, but deliver us from all manners of evil. For thy is the kingdom, thy is the power, thy is the glory forever and ever. Amen. You got to believe that prayer. That prayer is not just in for you to just to say it. That prayer is for you. That, that, that's a powerful prayer. You think about what happened in the book of Luke chapter 11 when they ceased from praying and Jesus gave them that word. He really told them this is how you're going to get your answer. Don't go around the other way and do it your way. It don't take you about two minutes to say, Our Father in heaven, how that be thy name, that thy kingdom, and then start your praying. But you want to pray in the like manner of. You don't want to put the Father in position and receiving the gravitation of whatever gift or whatever anointing, whatever grace is going to come out of that. You want to give it to the Father. Your rewards on earth has been a good steward to keep God's people on the right track. It's all rewarded to God. He just That's why he increases you more and more. He gives you more wisdom, more knowledge, more understanding. The better you approach people, the more you're serious about handing your flyers out, telling people about your, your business, tell them what's going on. Meet me here. Meet me on service online. Meet me here. I'm always handing my cards out at Walmart and all different stores. I get my card here. Join my speaker show. They'll love it. Some will probably take one and toss them on the camera. They just gather an anointing. And you know, they'll keep their card. And I remember I gave one of my cards to a man. He didn't call me for a year later. And his wife was passed from cancer. But there's a good story behind it. She was passed from cancer, and we prayed with her. We prayed a great deal of prayers with her. And we fasted with him. We fasted with the kids. And his wife was still living this day. She pulled through that cancer. And I thank God for that. But if he would have called to God, God, where does he get your attention? Sometimes it always got to be a bad way. He ain't trying to hurt you. He just wants you to know that he wants you to trust him through the process of whatever it is you're going through. I'm Apostle Charles Ellis here at HNOC Studios here in the city of Plano, Texas. Man, God, it's, it's a blessing for you guys to be with me here at HNOC. Oh, always a blessing for you guys to be with me. I love being with you guys, talking with you. And like I say, on Friday nights and on Tuesday nights, and when you see what we call my actually, um, midnight cry come to this Midnight Crab has going on for close to 16 years now. I started with a little small radio, a little tape recorder box, and I was, didn't have nothing to do at night. I was praying, and then Lord gave me this, this soap about the Midnight Crab some years ago and taught me how to you know, just go about doing this. Spreaker been with me over a really, Spreaker, a really long time, a really long time. And um, all work with our TuneIn radio stations, with our iHeart radio stations, our Hulu, all these different stations are moving towards satellite businesses. This is what I'm saying. Don't get comfortable where you are. Don't get comfortable with your Facebook. Don't get comfortable with your Zoom. Don't get comfortable because things are changing. And you're going to have to change with the time. Sit down, take some time, and research your information. And find out what the future is bringing. There's a lot of stuff out there that you don't know about. They can reach and put your ministry on other levels. And I say all the time, you want to know information about what we do at each and every students, you need a little help with your ministry, 214-897-9554. If you want to email me, it's harvestnlc at gmail.com. I'm always willing to help somebody that want to advance and go farther in what they're doing. You can reach every part of the world. We're running both satellite and we're running both internet and we're running both solar in here. We've got into the solar. It's going to be a big thing in the future. 
You know, fiber optics is playing as well. Solar is coming in. You got to understand that what's going on. If you're not keeping up with the times are changing, and I, and a lot of people get upset when I say this, God is pushing people outside the walls. He's not keeping up in the walls. He wants the people to go out. Your job is to give the word to the people and send them out to the hedges and the highways and teach the people that are lost what the word of God is saying in these last days. And it's sad to say it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. It's going to get a lot worse. But God has already prepared. So don't think it's strange. He's already prepared you for this. The time you was in church, the time you was believing, the time you was trusting God, it's not going to get better. We're in some of our darkest times now. But through our faith and our belief, God is going to shift the playing field. He's already shifted. But he's about to change the guards in a different way. He's about to do some different things. Now we're excited that we are in position where we need to be to receive what God has in store for us. Teaching that one, you a blessing for you. I'll be with us here at 1806 Studios. Thank you guys out there right now. And as I say once again, it's, it's such a blessing to be with y'all. I love you guys. And uh, take those prayers in the situation and really uh, consideration as you go tonight and you lay down. Trust God. Trust him through the midst. And he's going to do some great things with you. And you'll see what he's doing. Amen. God bless you guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.